Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. Time for a little group radio right now on Oilers Now at 135 in Edmonton. Royal Pizza. Pizza Pasta is so much more Edmonton-owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stauffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Uh, we have Cam Moon joining uh, sitting next to me right now at Rogers Place. Uh, Jack Michaels of the Oilers uh, Radio Network and NHL Hockey and Rogers via the phone. Reed Wilkins is on ISDN2. And Brendan Escott's at the 630 Chad Studios. Round two for our playoff prediction totals. Just before we get to uh, a quick uh, update after round one, I want to get everybody's thoughts on an Oilers Kings wrap. And, uh, Jack, we will start with you. Uh, Let her rip. Bob, as the host of this show, you're often noted for making two sets of predictions, and somehow at the end of the playoffs, you're always like magically 14-1. and one. So uh, at, at the end of this segment, I would like the standings read for posterity. But I will say this. Edmonton played its best hockey, not in the games that won by blowout. It played its best games when its season was on the line. And I think that will be extremely important for this club moving forward. The tension, the survival mode, the finding different ways to advance in the postseason, and most importantly, getting over the hump of winning back-to-back close games. The Oilers had done nothing but lose close games in the postseason for the last two postseasons. Three third-period goals in their losses to Chicago, the four close ones against Winnipeg, and the 2-1 Game 7 verdict in Orange County five years ago. That was a major hurdle cleared for Edmonton, not simply getting through the first round, but getting through it in the manner in which they did. Reed. Uh, your thoughts on the wrap of the Oilers uh, come from behind series victory over Los Angeles? I think we saw that if the Oilers asserted themselves and played at or near their potential, was was that the Kings couldn't match them. I mean, I think in the the three games the Oilers lost, they played poorly, even, either for the entire game or a large section of the game. They certainly didn't have good first periods in any of the games they lost. Now, the two blowout games were maybe a little different because I think when you have games that lopsided, one team plays well, but also the other team plays poorly. I think in game six and, in game six and seven, the, the Kings were trying to do what they wanted to do, sometimes did what they wanted to do, but the Oilers were just better. They committed to the details. They, they kept their concentration up. And then when they had the opportunities, they executed, whether it was Tyson Berry scoring the game winner late in the third in game six or uh, McDavid making the big play, uh, CeCe making the precise shot 
when they had all those chances in, in game seven. So, you know, I thought it was a series that the Oilers could dictate what happened in the series. It took a game longer than I thought, but uh, ultimately the better team did win. All right. Uh, Brendan, you and me have basically had an opportunity to comment on this already, so let's bring Cam in. Yeah, I, I thought the Oilers played a physical game, especially in the four games that they won, and they matched or bettered the physicality of the Kings. Uh, in the playoffs, a lot of times it's will, not skill, and the Oilers had a lot of will, and they had a lot of skill as well. Uh, Connor McDavid went to a next level in game six and seven. He absolutely... Uh, brought the team on his shoulders and everybody followed suit and when you get the goaltending of Mike Smith with a, a 938 uh, throughout that series that's going to give you every opportunity but because of the team's resiliency and desire that's what I thought propelled them to the win. The deployment for me of Hyman and Kane as a tandem and having players rotate through including double shifting McDavid occasionally changed the landscape a bit in game six and game seven for me. Uh, Bre- Brendan let's get a quick thought from you and then you can update Jack uh, Jack obviously wants a, a neutral official here he obviously thinks I've got a, a, a sort of relationship like the French and the Russians had at the 2002 uh, Olympic uh, uh, gold medal figure skating uh, final so um, give me your thoughts on Oilers and Kings and then you can play the role of uh, updating how everybody did in the opening round well first of all in a series where it looked like they had an opportunity to get goalied and sort of end up faltering like maybe would have happened in years past that didn't happen this time around so credit the newfound depth on this team uh, even if it's one year worth of Evander Kane you're seeing his value obviously Zach Hyman etc go down the list but McDavid's really setting yet another standard for himself and I think that everybody around the room looking at what he's doing right now and, and being a part of it is has got to draw some inspiration from that while he's also being the difference maker on the score sheet so there's a lot of things that we figured were projected you know somewhere in the near future of this team that in the first round, even though it took seven games, you're starting to see coming uh, to fruition, and they did it against a team with a lot of veteran players that had been there before, so kudos to them. All right, uh, Brendan, give us the updates. How's it, how did everybody do in the opening rounds? All right, well, uh, you and I and Jack, there's three of us that went six of eight. Uh, we all missed on Boston, Carolina getting past them, of course, and uh, Minnesota for you and I, Bob, that was one where I, I, I thought they had it over St. Louis. They did not, so Jack's uh, was Dallas. He picked Dallas uh, against Calgary. Cam and Reed sitting at seven of eight after that opening round. They also whiffed on on the Minnesota pick. So there you go. You, you got- know what, Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, everybody focused on oh god, you know all all year we heard from Oilers fans. Why can't they get Mark Andre Fleury? And at the end of the day, he wasn't good enough for Minnesota. Jack, I know you'd find that stunning. Well, you know what? He wasn't. And and more to the point, and I think it should be a warning sign for the Colorado Avalanche, is if Jordan Bennington is back on his 2019 game, I think that series may prove to be a lot more difficult than many people perhaps would have anticipated heading into the playoffs. All right. Well, let's start, Jack, with your thoughts. Oilers and the Calgary Flames. Now, this is tough because we've got five people that work on the Oilers broadcast in one form or another. Uh, I am the belief that this series goes six or seven games. Jack, how do you see it? I see Edmonton winning in six games. I think the Oilers, quite frankly, have a better club. Uh, and most of it has to do with the fact that they 
they've got the best player. Uh, I think Edmonton and Calgary, you could you could kind of bone pick if you wanted to. I, you know, some would say, well, Markstrom had a great regular season. What did the Oilers have? Well, I, I, I think Smith has played better than Markstrom in the postseason. Uh, so, you know, and then defense, I think, is kind of a wash because if, if Tanev is compromised, I don't see how you'd say Calgary would have a better defense than Edmonton. I mean, lest we forget, you know, you've got Bouchard and Barry with over 40 points, and Darnell Nurse might have had 42 if he hadn't gotten hurt. I mean, I, I, you know, I just I don't see where Calgary has a, de, a demonstrable end. Even, even in the physicality, I think the fact that because Lucic and Cassian have a prior relationship, I think that mitigates any sort of physical intimidation. And, you know, having a Vander Kane on your club, I think, takes out some of Calgary's periphery toughness. So I just don't see an edge for the Flames in this series. And when I ultimately look at it, I see Edmonton is still having two of the best five players in the world. Oilers and six. Cam Moon. I am with Jack. Oilers and six. If the physicality of the Oilers, Zach Hyman, Evander Kane, Josh Archibald, uh, Zach Cassian, that continues and, and elevates. I really do like the Oilers' chances and their ability in that first round to stay above the puck and limit the amount of rush chances they give up. I think that's going to be real key against Calgary because that top line will feast on rush chances and Johnny Gaudreau in particular. If Edmonton continues that that attention to detail defensively, that gives them uh, an advantage. And I don't uh, like betting against Connor McDavid because just when you think he's reached the ceiling, he finds another level. Reed Wilkins. Well, I think it's going to be epic, first of all. I think it's going to be an absolutely wild up-and-down ride. And I think there are going to be uh, a couple of probably a win each way that might be relatively convincing and have the other fan base worried. And then I think most of the other games are going to be extremely close. I, I think Calgary should be a slight favorite, quite frankly, uh, just based on, I know the regular season seems a long time ago now, but they're, they're a pretty good, darn good team. The, the one thing though, and we saw it late in the King series is that Connor McDavid is finding another level where the, the star player, and we've seen it happen with star players in the past, probably most of the ones I can think of are in hockey and ba- basketball, where they say we are not going to be denied. And that's the level that I think McDavid is hitting. So uh, I will pick the Oilers in seven. Brandon Escott. Well, Reed touched on a lot of it. To me, what separated these two teams a lot in the regular season was the goaltending and how much you know better everybody seemed to think that Markstrom was. And you boil it down in the playoffs, and Smith has really elevated his game and, and tightened that up. So I think if Edmonton's able to find a way to absorb what Calgary is going to do to them physically, uh, because that, that defense is, is big and it's built for exactly this series realistically, I think if the skating and the offense and the puck movement is in fact uh, something they can beat them on, then that's where they're going to have to hang their hat in this series and maybe do everything they can not to engage, make Calgary have to uh, really pay if they end up in the penalty box a lot. So what do you got them in? 
Oh, that's a good question, man. <laughs> Edmonton at seven because, and that's what I've got written here, Edmonton at seven because, A, it's very hard to pick Calgary on radio in this market, but, B, because you look at what McDavid did in that first round, and and I think that uh, the magic might be there right now. Yeah, uh, I, I do think, like, most people are going to pick, most neutral observers are going to pick the Calgary Flames to win the series, and part of it's going to be based upon the fact that the Flames were the better team uh, in the regular season, and part of it's going to be the bounce back, and if you heard this show during the summer, we talked about about it guaranteed that the Flames were going to be a better team. There was no way Markstrom was going to be 904. Let's not forget a year ago, Mike Smith was 923. And Jacob Markstrom was 904 in his first year in Calgary. Daryl Sutter, uh, the one thing Daryl Sutter can do, much like Mike Babcock, is he can suppress shots. Um, there's no doubt about that. The Oilers are going to play a completely different team in terms of the Ford check that they faced against the LA Kings. They're going to play a deeper team, or certainly their best players in Calgary, I'll be, with the exception, and we're not sure in the status of Tanev. Now, if it turns out that both uh, Tanev and uh, Oliver Shillington are compromised, that is a game changer for the Calgary Flames because to me, they have more depth at forward than they do on defense. I, I have the series going Edmonton in six. We're all tied into the Oilers broadcasters. You should expect uh, not, not, nothing else. But it's it's you know when it, when Edmonton plays Colorado, there there's a, it, because of the McCarr McKinnon factor with their other support players, it's a different conversation. But this is certainly a series. Calgary's going to be the favorite, but for me, this is a series that the Edmonton Oilers can go out and go get, and uh, wouldn't surprise me in the least. Guys, we have about two minutes left, so thirty seconds each. On the other three series, what's got you most interested and then make the call? And, Jack, uh, we'll start with you. I think Colorado and St. Louis, the most interesting thing about that series for me is the revival of Jordan Bennington. And, you know, can the Blues in the last quote-unquote normal season, having won the Stanley Cup, rely on their depth of four to overcome Colorado's you know, elite superstar talent. I'm giving this to Colorado by a nose. I think the Avalanche will need seven games to dispatch of the St. Louis Blues. The other two series in 15 seconds, Jack. I think the Carolina Hurricanes, their time is now. I think they find a way to outlast the Rangers in six. And quite frankly, never underestimate the heart of a champion. Tampa in six over Florida. Camp. I'm going to go with Colorado in six over St. Louis. I think Colorado has a little bit too much. Uh, Florida over Tampa Bay in seven. I think that's going to be a great series. Uh, huge rivalry. Yeah, I know the 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 Bolts are the reigning champs, but I think Florida's going to edge them. And I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit and go with the Rangers over Carolina. Wow. Reed Wilkins. I'm going to go with Colorado in six. I think they got too much. Florida-Tampa Bay, I think, will be a great series, uh, but I think Florida just might be able to overpower them this year, so I'm going to go with the Panthers in seven. I I would like to pick the Rangers. There's a lot I I like about them, but I I looked at that first-round series and credit that they came back, but I think Pittsburgh lost it as much as the Rangers won it. I thought Carolina would do better against Boston, but they did win in the end, so I'm going to take Carolina in seven. And Brennan Escott. 
All right. I think Shesterkin actually pulls that one out for them. Uh, the way that things ended on a positive note over time, Madison Square Garden, got to give it to them with the momentum. Six games in the next round. I've got Colorado in six. They're, they're built to win right now. I think if Kemper's healthy, they're in good shape to do exactly that. And Tampa over Florida, exactly like Jack said. I think they've been to the dance before. They know what it takes. And if you look at the surrounding cast with guys like Paul and Hagel, they weren't along for that deep, deep run. So they should be fresher than might you might think. Yeah, I think Colorado in five over St. Louis. And I respect St. Louis a lot. You know, well-run team. I'm taking the abs in five in that series. Florida and Tampa Bay. Uh, before Braden Point got hurt, I would have taken Tampa. I'm taking Florida in seven. And I know Vasilevsky is still Vasilevsky. And uh, I got Carolina in five over the New York Rangers. I'm still trying to figure out how Pittsburgh's, I guess, the, the goaltending situation, Sidney Crosby, but they had multiple chances to close that puppy out. Gentlemen, best of luck. Thank you for your time. See ya. All right. Uh, let's do this. It is one fifty. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. At Edmonton will wrap up Oilers Now with this day in Oilers history, and it was a big one for Yari Curry. You're listening to Oilers Now. Wow. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you, 152 in Edmonton. Uh, to list day in Oilers history for New West travel, uh, you can travel on a private WestJet charter flight to uh, Cabot Links in Nova Scotia for five days of golf in the number 10-ranked golf course in the world. Details at newwesttravel.com. That's in this October. All right, going back to the state, 1985. The Oilers hammered the Hawks. Here's Brendan Escott. Gary Curry with four goals. It pushed the Oilers past the Blackhawks, 8-2. to two. They win the Campbell Conference Final in six games. Of course, that set a new playoff record with uh, Curry's third hat trick of this playoffs. Sent the Oilers to the Stanley Cup Finals against Philadelphia. Shellacked them. Uh, the Hawks did win game three and game four at home, but the Oilers got, I think, 10. I think they got 11, 10, and eight goals in three of the games of that series. So uh, they were pretty good. They were voted the greatest team of all time, the 84-85 Oilers. I would assert you the 86-87 team was actually better. Uh, Tomorrow, well, tomorrow's show is fluid, uh, just like today's show was, but I'd like to again thank Wayne Gretzky, Derek Ryan, John Shannon, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, Reed Wilkins, and Brendan, and most of all, you for joining us on Oilers Now. So Mark Spector will join us for the horses and horse racing Alberta live thoroughbred racing back at Century Mile Racetrack Friday and Saturday. More info at thehorses.com. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, then the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen I. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.